Hello and welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I thank everybody for tuning in every single time I drop a new episode, and this episode will be no different. I will be reviewing AEW Dynamite that premiered on March 25th, 2020. And it was originally supposed to be blood and guts that myself and the whole entire during our crazy even times slowed of this down coronavirus, everything more got canceled. You guys, professional wrestling has slowed down. I apologize for I that. Have even slowed down on producing more eating me up for you guys. But and I with the apologize love of the for community. that. It's and the love of basically AEW. eating me up inside. We're going to continue to go on and love I'm basically eating me up inside. But with the love of the wrestling community and the love of AEW, we're going to continue to go on and I'm going to continue to make as much content as I can with new ideas coming in. Fans who love to read articles about professional wrestling, go visit my profile at www.sportsgita.com forward slash profile forward slash Marie dash shadows. And you guys can go visit my profile at www.sportsgita.com forward slash profile forward slash Marie dash shadows. And you guys can read the two articles that I did in my article that I wrote about Cody Rhodes versus Jimmy Havoc. I created a little story because at one point on Twitter, Cody Rhodes was saying that this is just a match. There's no story behind it. There's nothing really to it. And I understand that from that point of view that it was just a regular match. Um, we were just going to be introduced to just a one-on-one straight-up match. However, the story that I created is that we all know that Jimmy Havoc is a hardcore wrestler. And Cody Rhodes has seen his fair share of days of being in the hardcore scene, but Cody Rose is not mainly a hardcore wrestler, but Cody Rose can do it all. Um, Jimmy Havoc in this match showed that he could also uh, hang with the best and do technical moves and cash style wrestling and go hold for hold with Cody Rhodes. That's not that's not a problem. Being in the hardcore scene, but Cody Rose is not mainly a hardcore wrestler, but Cody Rose can do it all. Jimmy Havoc in this match showed that he could also uh, hang with the best and do technical moves and cash style wrestling and go hold for hold with Cody Rhodes. That's not that's not a problem. Jimmy Havoc is unique. He can switch his style when necessary. If he needs to be hardcore, he could be hardcore. He could sleep with that staple gun and then staple your head the next morning. Or if you need him to be technical and cash style wrestling and map based wrestling, he got you. So in that article, I have mentioned that this was training for Cody Rhodes to get prepared for Blood and Guts because out of everyone in the entire Blood and Guts match, he doesn't have that much experience when it comes to hardcore. So it's going to be a little difficult. That's what I was thinking. Not too much difficult where like he'll be the weakest link, just difficult in the fact of, you know, um, are you going to try to one up these guys in a hardcore match? And I thought that this was a great warm up match to head into Blood and Guts whenever that debuts. So that way, Cody could get that little bit more of, of experience. I did also mention in that article that if Cody Rhodes did lose this match to Jimmy Havoc, not only would it have bumped up Jimmy Havoc in the rankings, but also it will be on the mind of Cody Rhodes to be in the back of his mind. Because right now, the elite feuding with the inner circle and Chris Jericho saying to the elite that 
the inner circle never had a problem amongst themselves. The inner circle is a fantastic team across the board. You know, there's nothing weighing them down. Unlike in the elite, if someone ends up getting a loss, that's going to weigh in their mind and is ultimately going to distract them from the end goal of beating the inner circle when they get to blood and guts. So imagine if be mentally 100% when we get to blood and guts to fight the inner circle. So my whole article point was imagine to fight the inner circle. So my whole article point was imagine these scenarios and the story behind it and the reason why, let's just say that they paired them up to have a warm-up match for Cody for Cody heading towards blood and guts. And I think everyone who has ever read the article and I know how to hype up a match. So on AEW Dynamite, Cody and Jimmy Havoc open up the show. They start with chain wrestling. There's some moments in there where Jimmy has Cody scouted in terms of countering his attacks, which look really smooth. There's one point where Cody jumps off the ropes to do his cutter, and then he proceeds to put Jimmy Havoc in the figure four. I guess Cody's bringing back the figure four. Um, even though he's um, even though he's been doing it for a while, but you know it's good to see it back on television. And then this is where Jimmy is very, very strategic and very unorthodox as a professional wrestler. He uses any types of means to get out of a submission, out of a hold. He does whatever it takes. He pulled on Cody Rhodes' ear and then poke him in the eyes to break the hold. You guys got to watch out for Jimmy Havoc. This is why in that article I was really stressing that this is a test for Cody Rhodes because heading into blood and guts, being locked in a steel cage, anything goes. You have to be smart. You have to use all of your surroundings. If you need to pull on someone's ear, pull on someone's ear. If you got to poke them in the eye, you got to poke them in the eye. You know, it's as simple as that. You got to treat it as like a street fight and not like a wrestling match. Arm drags and suplexes to Cody Rhodes into the turnbuckles. That was a very unique offense, which I, that was a very unique offense, which I personally like. And then Cody gets the upper hand by doing a running lariat. So what he does is he runs down the ramp, runs back in and lariats Jimmy back into the ring. Counters it and puts Cody gets to the rope. So bam, rope break. Um, Jimmy starts working on Cody's arm and I had mentioned this mentioned this in the previous podcast that AEW is bringing back the trope a wrestler is working on a specific body part to weaken so that way when the wrestler applies their finisher the opponent doesn't have enough strength to kick out and or some or just submit because of the action which I personally love throughout wrestling history is when someone works on a body part. It might seem kind of boring to people who watch it, who like fast paced stuff all up in your face kind of stuff. But sometimes when you slow down the match, it tells a more greater story because you're like, Oh crap, his arm is messed up. How is he going to deliver, you know, a DDT? How is he going to deliver a suplex? How is he going to, you know, spear the person? How is he going to do a small package if his arm is really messed up and his arm really hurts? Like, you got to think about that kind of stuff. Those little tiny attention to detail help prolong the story within the match that two guys are trying to tell. The same thing goes for the women. Make sure to focus on the body part if your submission calls for it 
and or your finisher calls for it. Then there is a top rope reverse suplex to Jimmy from Cody Rhodes. That looked really beautiful. Looked like it hurt too. And then Cody decides to do two crossroads to Jimmy Havoc to seal the deal. Get the one, two, three. Cody Rhodes picks up the win. After Cody Rhodes gets the victory on the screen appears Jake Roberts. And Jake Roberts does a phenomenal promo. I love the way that he always cuts his promos. Even in real life, he's very soft-spoken and you do have to lean in to hear what he has to say. He just wants a contract for Lance Archer and then he wants a match with, you know, it's a very well put together segment. WWE should be using legends. That a particular legend cannot go in the ring anymore. Like if they cannot have a match and you know that they are very as a talker and they will get the internet buzzing and they will get a lot of people buzzing. Use them for what they are known for. Like Jake Roberts has a very amazing way to tell stories. Letting him be the mouthpiece of Lance Archer. And Lance Archer doesn't have to say a thing. Lance Archer could just stand there, look menacing, about to kill somebody. And that's it. That's the whole entire story. That's the whole entire package. If you don't buy that, then there's nothing else to tell you. And they make sure to let you know as a fan that this legendary wrestler is no more, is washed up, you know, fuck them. AEW is like, no. We still care about these legends. If it wasn't for these professional wrestling legends, wrestling wouldn't be a thing. And this is how you... So essentially, they're not repackaged. They're just being themselves. And they're, they're just being themselves. And they're being great on camera, doing everything that they love to do in this business. And I highly applaud AEW for taking the steps to give us the legends in their full power. Cody Rhodes goes on commentary for almost the remainder of the night and he is heated and he says that on April 1st, Lance Archer can debut at AEW, but he will not be debuting against. Now, we all know that we all know that when April 1st comes, it's supposed to be April Fool's Day. I Our did not preview match this match. Darby versus Kip. I didn't even know this match was taking place. I did not preview this match. So, Darby I didn't even know this is, match was taking place. Darby is a superstar. And if anyone ever says anything different, and I usually don't like Come, coming out to just say you're wrong. But if you don't see that Darby has all the potential in the world that then there's something wrong. That he had mentioned that Darby is like a young sting. And I was like, I can see how Darby is like a young sting. And wrestling wise, we're talking about the way that he captures the audience, the way that he captures the little kids, the way that he captures, there are going to be people in this industry that reminds you in this industry that reminds you of a young Ricky Steamboat, a young Ric Flair, a young Dusty Rose, a young Harley Race, a young everybody. Because we grow up into this business and we emulate, you know, the best there is. And that's what Darby does. On the other hand, for Kip, I am just learning about him and trying to get behind him. He has the look, he has the skill. 
but there's nothing else going on for him other than the fact that I know that he's a gamer and he streams on Twitch. One of these days, I'm just going to visit his Twitch stream and say hi. So in this match, Darby has so much speed for his size and his ability. While Kip does have Penelope Ford is always at Kip's side. And Penelope Ford always interferes, always interferes during Kip matches. And Kip always interferes during Penelope's matches. So in this match, Penelope Ford is pulling Kip away from Darby. And then at this point, they're on the outside. So Kip threw Darby into the barricade. At one point during the match, there is a double leg drop kick that happened. And then Darby does a jawbreaker to Kip. There's a move called the time turner that Kip did to Darby. If that is not the correct name for that move, someone please let me know. And then Kip does the right hand move, which is just a punch to Darby. And as this match keeps going, the finisher is a very, very, very unique leg lock pin that on commentary, Cody Rhodes calls it the Gibson leg lock. Darby leg picks lock up pin. the win in that match. I personally match. have never seen that. I might have to like do some research to see who else has done it. But that's a very good pin. like. Jake Hager of the Inner Circle versus Chico Adams. I'm going to be really honest with you guys. I do not know who Chico Adams is. This is almost... And then Hagger goes to the back. Hagger is like, all right, cool. You got out of it. I'm, I'm out, man. Like, we'll, we'll do this another time. Then Moxley cut a promo. What I love about Moxley is that everything that he does is definitely from the heart. Like, it's, he wears his heart on his sleeve and he cuts some amazing promos where it's like, I'm interested. Let's see how you're going to take out each of the inner circle guys. And I had, wrote that in another article and also on my newsletter about let's just say if Jericho had remained AEW champion and we all know that Jericho will be on tour Moxie will take out the inner circle guys one by one when Jericho comes back from tour he would drop the belt to Moxley but obviously that didn't go that way I'm fine with it, but I just wanted to mention it as something that I had thought about that could have happened that way. Maybe this can help the elite indirectly when it comes to blood and guts. QT Marshall versus Brody Lee. First of all, why is QT Marshall a sacrifice? Like, why are we sacrificing QT to fight Brody Lee? Like, ah, uh, I felt so bad for him. I'm like, why? Brody Lee is using all of his power to take out QT Marshall. At times, there's attacks from QT where it's the step up in Sagiri and then strikes, but this is definitely not 
phasing Brody Lee at all. It might seem like he was getting a little bit of a breather in that match to try and one-up Brody Lee, but nope. So Brody Lee does a side slam and then that discus lariat and that takes out QT Marshall. And what's interesting, if you guys are following QT Marshall on Twitter, Brody Lee had extended the offer to QT Marshall after the match by throwing down the mask as an invitation to join the Dark Order. With a little emoji of, you know, thinking about it, that is what QT Marshall had responded with. Like, hmm, should I join the Dark Order? Maybe he should. Maybe he shouldn't. If he does join the Dark Order, does that mean that he'll get victories under his belt? Because I don't remember the last time John Silver and or Alex got victories under their belt. So I don't know if it's worth it at this moment. But imagine if QT Marshall went over to the Dark Order. Oh my God, the Nightmare Family would be turned upside down. Now we come to the main event match of the evening for AEW Dynamite. It was Sammy Guevara versus Kenny Omega. Oh my God. That match from start to finish was great. Match, even if Sammy was being a kid at times and doing stupid, being a kid at times and doing stupid shit. But other than that, like from start to finish, it was great. The story was there. You felt like Kenny wanted to keep the AAA title. And then you felt like Sammy was, you know, Sammy could be the one to dethrone Kenny Omega from retaining the AAA title. And in my article that I previewed, this match, I really wanted Sammy to take the belt off of Kenny Omega as much as I am a Kenny Omega fan and I love him to death. And yeah, because of his talents and abilities, he does deserve the championships that he gets. However, it makes no sense at all. Um, it was cool that he got it, but now it's like, oh shit. You have it? I didn't even remember that you did have it, right? Because there's no talk about it and stuff like that. So imagine if Sammy took the belt off of Kenny Omega. That means that Sammy would walk around, gloat about it, and tell everybody and their mother, like, hey, look, I got gold on me. I am the AAA champion, stuff like that. You know, make a make a scene about it. It's just that Kenny Omega has the tag team titles to worry about with Hangman Page. And Hangman may not be on the same level as everyone else. So he has to deal with that. He has to worry about blood and guts. He has to worry about his hand getting healed fully. And he also has to worry about his EVP job. So it's like you have so much power on you. And I know that as a previous champion, you're probably used to it. I think I need to see Sammy. he can get if he had the title. You know, he's not forming a tag team with somebody in inner circle to try to get the belts off of the elite. Like, there's so many directions. Like, there's so many directions that they could go with. Kenny had messed up. So there we go. Working on the body part.
and there is a high crossbody from Kenny to Sammy. At this point, Sammy tries to do an armbar. I'm going to ask this to everybody. What is it with armbars? Armbars are so overrated. Like, do a new submission move. There's many, 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 many more submission moves in the world. Stop doing armbars. You guys have Dean Malenko on your side. Like, pick his brain. And then Sammy proceeds to bite Kenny's hand. And as he, Sammy kicks Kenny in the back as he comes down, which sounded really bad. Then at one point in the match, Kenny decides to Spartan kick Sammy Guevara into the turnbuckles, which I thought it was funny. Sammy does a top rope cutter, and then Sammy flips on Kenny to the outside. This is when we get to the first V-trigger of the match, where Kenny does it to Sammy. Then Sammy does a Spanish fly to Kenny Omega. As much as I support Sammy, and I'm always going to bring this up, if you guys do not know, JD Alpha is an indie professional wrestler. He is the only man alive that has never played WWE. He is the only man alive that has. If you guys do not know, he is the only man alive that has never played WWF No Mercy. But. He still does a better Spanish fly than Sammy Guevara. If you want, I can introduce you to and you guys can work on it and learn how to do it because it looked really sloppy. I had to go back a few seconds to be like, that does not look like a Spanish fly. Like, all you have to do is just tighten up the Spanish fly. That's all you have to do. Because with all of that room in the middle, you can either injure yourself or injure somebody else when I'm you have it. So the tighter that you have the Spanish fly, the closer that you pull the person in because it goes based on your momentum fully. So just the help of your opponent as well to flip into the air. The tighter you have it, the better it looks. And when I put then I can say Sammy Guevara did the Spanish fly. The same way I say JD Alpha with the Spanish fly. So just and just that's work on how you give constructive criticism, your guys. Fly, please. That's all. I, so just just work on tightening your Spanish fly, please. That's all I ask for. Tighten it up so I know it's the Spanish fly. So when I put it in my notes, I can say it correctly. And that's how you give constructive criticism, guys. So after that. Sammy onto Kenny. Kenny decides to do a jumping V trigger. This allows Sammy to once again bite Kenny's hand. Then Kenny does a close V trigger. And then Sammy gets this Death Valley that he hits on Kenny, which looked fucking devastating. That needs to stay in his arsenal. Jay Driller. After the combination of those two moves, at this point, Sammy is weakened, but yet then he musters the strength to give Kenny Omega the finger. This allows Kenny to do one last V-trigger in combination with the one-winged angel and ends the match. Kenny Omega gets the one, two, three and wins the match and retains the AAA championship. It had everything you want. It felt like it was on a pay-per-view, even though it was on Dynamite. And these guys know how to bring the best out of each other. And I need to see more of a series between Sammy versus Kenny. Now, 
we get to the most talked about segment of the whole entire AEW Dynamite show. And this is the first ever confrontation of Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy. Wow, man. Chris Jericho is the only man alive to cut a promo on a drone. Chris Jericho is the only man alive to make that promo make sense. The one that he cut on the drone and the only man alive to to turn professional wrestling on its head. I and think that was not I think that if way ever too hard it is probably too creative. Basically talk to the drone. Like, and I like the idea like, of oh, it, 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 it would not come off brilliant. as AEW. That's AEW. And that's not WWE. Saying that WWE sucks you know, for the way that they do things. It's just a matter of freedom. So you know AEW has all the freedom to be as creative as And they're like, you guys don't want professional wrestling. That's what they need. Even if people think is, you know, there's always the majority of like, there's a majority of like, that's cool. I want to see more of that. If they had their hand in it, it would have been straight Amazed. The second time I was like, Jericho was not. Oh, Jericho crap, was not way like, too hard in his promo. Way too hard in his promo. Too. Too. They talked to the drone. Basically, they talked to the idea. And I like the idea of talking to the drone. Just to go back. That, the object you need to be concerned about before getting to Matt Hardy. So, you know, in those instances where it's like the bad guys and they're like, you got to get through me before you get to, you know, the master or something like that. That's how it feels like. It feels like Vanguard is the step before you get to Matt Hardy. Was Matt Hardy teleporting from the balcony, teleporting from the balcony all the way through? And I had to rewatch that because the first time it was quick and I was amazed the second time i was like oh crap he's not like he's his pose is still the same you know i i do editing and all that so it was cool just to go back again to be like ah okay i see what they did there i still appreciate the effort of doing that because it is not easy it's really really not easy to do that and i applaud aew for doing that and thinking quick on their feet now the promo wars between Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho. Matt Hardy now refers to himself as Damascus. And and it's so cool. The storytelling is so cool. Like I got behind it when I heard both of them talking. I do like the line of when Matt Hardy had told Chris Jericho that he met Judas. And I was like, oh my God, this is all coming together. This is all super, super cool. I think they did a fantastic job. There was a weird part in their promo battle, if you like to call it that. And I think it was only weird the whole part. Jericho had said something that Matt had cut him off, but Matt had reiterated something he said earlier. Because there was no fans in the arena, it did felt kind of weird and awkward. But overall, fantastic fucking promo. Fantastic fucking start to whatever this could be between Matt Hardy 
and Chris Jericho. And who knows? Matt Hardy and the Inner Circle. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing everything come together. And it's amazing that we have a new company that will allow these guys to do what they do best. Matt Hardy is a genius in his reinvention of himself and his character and the whole delete and the whole being reborn and stuff like that. Like, it's really, really great. So after their awesome promo, Sammy comes back out to jump Matt. Kenny and Cody come to the aid of Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy recovers. And as he's doing the delete signal, the pyro comes up and the pyro almost burns Jericho and Sammy. And that is how all elite wrestling ladies and gentlemen that is the end of this podcast i want to thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to my rants listening to my new ventures and just being an all-round awesome supporter as always i have my newsletter that i need to update soon if you guys want to be on that mailing list please head over to squared circle podcast dot substack.com i also have my sports Gita profile if you guys love reading articles about professional wrestling by me please head over to sportsgita.com forward slash profiles forward slash marie dash shadows if you guys want to support me on anchor you guys can just share the podcast there's always donations available if you guys want to you guys can you guys don't need to there's also following following me on twitter at marie underscore shadows or at squared circle squared circle pod and, and i just want to thank everybody talk for about tuning it. in during this and weird i just want to thank time. everybody for tuning in during it this weird so weird fact that i will share this so quick weird story with fact. you guys it is so weird in fact that i will share this quick story with you guys so yesterday was the 28th and i am happy to say that i am a aries baby i am a march baby and march 28th will forever be my birthday and forever be my relationship anniversary so yesterday i turned 29 in quarantine i have put it up on twitter just to see what happens and uh you know some people have said happy birthday to me and i thank everybody for the birthday wishes even on my linkedin and then the unthinkable sort of happened like if you guys don't know both young bucks and cody Rhodes have a community text messaging thing going on and there are people that think that it's a bot they think that it's not real that it's not legit and it is legit 100 i did some research uh community is an actual website you know
for those of you that don't know, I'm getting a little teary-eyed here. I love professional wrestling with all my heart. Um, knowing that professional wrestling is sort of canceled and slowed down, it's the most difficult thing to deal with. I do not know anything else other than professional wrestling. That This is all I know. And this is all that keeps me going and keeps me happy. And to get a text from Matt, to know that he saw it despite all the text messages that he probably gets, he probably gets way more text messages than Cody Rhodes because apparently Cody says that he gets 10,000 an hour. But regardless, he took the time out of his day to wish me a happy birthday. I wasn't thinking anything of it. I didn't want anything free or nothing like that. It was just like, hey, let me just try, you know, let me just see what happens. And that proved that that's 100% legit. And I am forever thankful that he decided to just say happy birthday to me. It's small, you know, because I wasn't able to get a piece of cake yesterday and stuff like that. And, you know, being cooped up in fucking quarantine, turning 29. And that was the best. So that was super, super cool. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with my listeners. Um, to be as transparent as I can, because I don't know how many episodes I could keep putting out during this time, only because there are days where I feel happy and I want to work on stuff and I want to give you guys content. And then there are days where I just want to play a video game and, you know, relax that way. Or there's times where I don't want to do anything and I think, fuck it. You know, the other thing that keeps me going is cooking. So I end up cooking for anyway. I just wanted to share that with my listeners um, to be as transparent as I can, because I don't know how many episodes I could keep putting out during this time, only because there are days where I feel happy and I want to work on stuff and I want to give you guys content. And then there are days where I just want to play a video game and, you know, relax that way. Or there's times where I don't want to do anything. and. I think, fuck it. You know, the other thing that keeps me going is cooking. So I end up cooking for my family and that helps take my mind off of uh, all the shit out there. Um, so yeah, not to bring anyone down or anything, but I hope that you guys can share in the same loveliness that I share with professional wrestling. And I am completely babbling on here, but I. I can't thank you guys enough, even if I feel like I don't have an audience. I can't thank everyone enough around the world and everyone that I've met and everyone that's given me a chance or even had heard my podcast and given me a chance. So 